Welcome to the Post Sunday Post Sunday Post Sunday Podcast, providing you with pastor commentary on the previous message and resources for further study, all for the expansion of the gospel and the edification of God's church. Like you were sitting in your chair and you kept doing this. It didn't even look comfortable. <laughs> like, were you doing? stretching? What yeah, you like doing? his both his legs were extended straight out, and they just kept rubbing up and down my leg constantly. The, so the I only time I've ever done that, that in my, what the heck? <laughs> Look how red he is. Why were you doing it? I'm doing it. I'm like, yeah, I was doing it. The homie. <laughs> Kid where your legs are a little too short. The, the only time that's ever happened to me was I went on Griffin for the first time and I was in the middle and I thought since I have long legs, my legs were gonna touch the track. So the entire ride, I'm like this. I got off and my legs are like, oh, oh my god. You don't think they build it for six four people? Dude, like, they don't I would, consider that. I was freaking point, like, out. There may be someone six four on there. Fabio got hit in the nose. Man. That's true. And they're like the engineer's like, oh whatever, just uh, they'll be all right. It'll work out. It'll work out. Well, welcome to the post Sunday. Oh, there when you it were is. Nineteen years old. There I don't think we've that? yet gotten through. Uh, he's never. He's never been able to say welcome to a post Sunday podcast without us uh, chiming in. I like that. Mm, feels good. Feels nice. Feels. Yeah. It feels right. It's to keep you humble. Are you my thorn in my flesh? Should be. Mm, sent by Satan. Thank you. Welcome to the po- your boss, man. Welcome to the post study podcast. <laughs> there it is. I have to get it in there. I'm Joel. I'm joined by Pastor Joey, Pastor Sean, and Bethany Lay. Thank you guys for joining us. Or me. Yep. People. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, this past Sunday, Joey uh, spoke on the next part of the Lord's Prayer, which is forgive us our trespasses or debts, as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us. Um, and so for me, what was wonderful was your highlighting about the greatest need of, of us was to be forgiven of our sins. And I, I love that you started with that, but I wanted to open it up for you to kind of give us the bottom line. What would be your bottom line of your sermon? Yeah, I mean, it really would be that. I mean, so based off of the forgiveness that uh, God has provided for us through Jesus Christ, uh, that has ramifications for uh, how we forgive other people. And so, um, so it, 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 it's not just that God's made us positionally right through Jesus, but it's that we have an obligation uh, to be obedient to how we uh, treat other people and how we respond to the way that people treat us as well this side of eternity. Yeah. Nice. I thought it was an excellent sermon, and um, I would encourage you small group leaders, uh, my small group meets on Sunday night, and I think one of the things we found in our small group was this is a really personal topic, so mm. I would encourage you guys to be prepared for some maybe even raw stories of people that this really hits close to home because, you know, the the forgiveness piece usually runs up against your closest relationships, Yeah, and um, so just be prepared for that. You may have an emotional small group, mm. so... Yep, for sure. The reason why it can be difficult is because it's connected to a lot of hurt, mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of baggage. So, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Uh, if you don't have anything else to say, we're going to move on to the question portion. Um, the first question is, do we need to pray for something when we have already been given such as like forgiveness? Uh, because Jesus died on the cross the, for our sins, and our sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future. I've already been forgiven. So the, the question is, do I need to pray for forgiveness of my sins? So since we've been justified, I want a declaration of righteousness. Do we, in our sanctification process, need to continue to ask for forgiveness? Right. Maybe. Does that sound like a way to phrase the question? Yeah. Can you scoot closer yeah, to I've your mic? That before. I mean, eat I, the mic, Sean. Just enough? eat it. I know. I'm, I, if I get any closer, I'll be be like a lollipop. Um, <laughs> so. All right. Uh, um, <laughs> The big lollipop. It's a big <laughs> lollipop. What kind of lollipops are you used to? <laughs> Those ones on the bottom shelf of the grocery store register area, yeah, the big pops. What are there? No, it's a good question. I um, I think that I think the Lord's prayer itself encourages us to ask for forgiveness because it's being taught to the disciples. I mean, Luke eleven, especially where the disciples come and ask ask Jesus, teach us to pray, right? And He teaches them to forgive us our trespasses. I think it's something we can ask. And certainly, First John one nine is confession of sin, and I know some people will say, well, that's not the same as forgiveness, And um, but I think there's enough framework in Scripture that in our sanctification process, as we meditate on our sin, even as believers, and it still is indwelling, that a posture of a believer is still that of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my take, but I'd be yep. open to someone else being different. I mean, I, I preached a few weeks ago um, and I spent some time talking about it. I think it gets to the the, the motive of a believer. Um, and so uh, do we have to ask for forgiveness in Christ in order to be forgiven? Uh, the answer to that question is no, uh, because we're all going to die with some sort of remaining indwelling sin in us this mm. side of eternity. And so if my forgiveness is contingent on my ability to ask for forgiveness uh, at the right moment, then um, we're in trouble. Uh, but I've experienced people that say because Christ has died and I'm already forgiven, I don't even give any consideration to my sin. And so there is this lack of right. confession of sin. There's this lack of remorse mm-hmm. and grief and shame over sin uh, and you can't repent over sin without pressing pause and pondering right. the remaining sin in your own heart for a while. And so while asking for forgiveness isn't contingent if we're in Christ on whether or not we're forgiven, we are already forgiven past, present, and future. Uh, we need to uh, not—we're uh, extreme people, so you either fall—you know, people can sometimes fall on the side of, um, you know, especially Catholic doctrine, you got to— ask for forgiveness every time you sin, otherwise you're not forgiven, or we rebel it, or we've had some legalistic issue in the past, or uh, in in order to course correct that, we go into this hyper-grace world that's not biblical either, and so I'm concerned that there's hyper-grace people, even within our own local church, that um, uh, maybe need to be, have their thoughts... uh, saturated in the Word a little bit more, and, and we need to give consideration, I would even say daily consideration, to the plagues of our, to the plague of our own heart, mm-hmm. which is that we 
uh, are uh, now have a new identity, which is one of being saints because of the personal work of Jesus, but we still have remaining indwelling sin. And so it needs to be a regular occurrence that we uh, confess our sin before the Lord and ask for the grace uh, to repent of our sin and actually put forth the effort and the work to repent of our sin. And so uh, we don't need to be flippant about, uh, and we don't need to, to dismiss the Lord's prayer and say that's not relevant to us because of the, mm. the gospel of Jesus, when in fact the Lord's prayer was written after the death and resurrection mm. of Jesus. And so it's, it's, uh, it's extremely, extremely relevant, but at its heart it uh, is Jesus challenging us to think, dwell on uh, the fact that in us there's nothing that's, that's, that's good and mm. that we needed forgiveness. And, uh, and so that should be weighty for us as believers. Right. And I think, and so to buffer that too, which maybe this was the heart of the question, when we do ask forgiveness, I mean, you, you highlighted, I think it was Psalm 103. Yeah, as far as the east. east is from the west, right? So, so the other side is if you're continually beating yourself up Right, with a past sin that you have asked forgiveness, then you haven't let the gospel penetrate Absolutely. your heart right. deep enough that um, that sin is forgiven and forgotten in a sense. As far as the east is from the west, it's been paid for by Christ. Right. And so, I think some of this depends on where you are in your journey, what what piece of the gospel you need to preach to even to your own heart. Hmm. Um, I mean, we could be debilitated by past sin, which we never then move forward or serve yeah, right. or whatever, yeah. or we kind of get beaten down with, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And I think that's where we buy into the accuser, which we briefly talked yeah. about this Sunday. And so I think there's a difference between the accusations of these past sins, uh, but it, there's a difference between that and being ignorant that there still is remaining and dwelling sin uh, and that you need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit to continually yeah. repent of your sin. And so... I think 2 Corinthians 7 are, is a good riverbank for us when the Apostle Paul talks about the difference between godly grief and worldly mm-hmm. grief. So worldly grief would be this counterfeit repentance where we are paralyzed by our shame for past sins and we have this pity party kind of constantly about who, you know, it's this, it doesn't move past hatred of yourself, right? right. If, if, if there's this constant hatred of yourself, um, that's what the scripture would call worldly grief. Godly grief is you see your sin, you acknowledge your sin, agree with the scriptures about your sin. Uh, there's no blind spots in regard to your sin, and you move to remember uh, the 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 gospel of Jesus Christ, mm. and that motivates you to have this movement forward. And so, um, so Second Corinthians seven is a good to me passage of scripture to kind of help navigate our thoughts. On this. I don't know if you had any. Well, no, I was just listening to you and then thinking, you know, I don't know if this is a good example, but bringing it down to an earthly level, there have been times that I have been bothered um, feeling that I have offended someone or I have done something against someone and it will really bother me. And I will go to that person and I will confess and say, you know, I'm really sorry I did this. And they're like, what are you talking about? I wasn't offended. It didn't bother me at all. And so it's to me, it's not even necessarily about um, the forgiveness part of it as much as it is humbling myself right. to the place right. where I realize I need to be more and more like Christ. Mm. And so I'm going to apologize. I'm going to ask for forgiveness because 
um, my conscience is telling me, you know, the Holy Spirit is telling me this was not appropriate behavior. And whether the person was offended or not offended really is, is immaterial if I realize I'm asking for this forgiveness because I want to be, like you were saying, in the process of sanctification right. and becoming more like Christ. Yeah. Um, so when we look to God, yes, he's forgiven past, present, and future. I come to God and ask forgiveness because I'm humbling myself before him and I'm aligning myself to be like his son, right. Jesus Christ. And it has more for me to do with that than it does making sure I'm good with God, right. you know, kind of yeah. thing. I think, and I, I think the nature that you guys are basically saying is it's, we're not asking for forgiveness of like in a salvific nature, like, okay, I need to be pardoned of the, the penalty of my sin. That's done. We're not asking for forgiveness on that level. We're asking for forgiveness, like you're saying, in the sense of that at this time when I'm committing this sin, I am not looking like Christ, and I know I need to continue to grow to look more like Christ. So it's not I need to be forgiven of my sins, and now I'm not going to hell anymore. It's no, I want to look more like Christ. And uh, so I like that you guys kind of cleared that up. Um, the other thing, too, that I would, I would make note of, and I don't know if this is just translation differences. So with trespasses, when I was younger, and you guys can educate me on this, when I was younger, I was told that trespasses are sins that you're not aware of. That's why you say, like, if I'm trespassing, that's something that I'm not aware of. But sin, like, you, you know what your sin is. I don't know if that's something that's true. I've walked on someone's property, and I was aware it was. Am I? <laughs> I mean, I've I, never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that either. I mean, I but um, we all have we all have some blind spots right. in regards to the, there's uh, maybe sins that we've committed that we're we're maybe not sensitive enough. Right. You know, we talked a little bit about being desensitized a little bit, and there can yeah. be sometimes where we're a bit callous. But uh, I still don't think. Um, that's what that passage is going to okay. get. Uh, I I I. I because it, it would again fall back into, um, uh, I got to just make sure I'm covered, right? In case yep. there's some sin yeah, that yeah. I don't know about, let me say this so that right. I can make sure I'm covered. Where, um, again, the the blood of Christ is is comprehensive in the right. sense of it's it covers all, all of that micro macro sins, all of that stuff. But um, hopefully, it, it, in regards to progressive sanctification. Um, our consciences should be more and more tenderized as mm. we grow in the Lord, right? And so yeah. uh, I was actually talking with uh, uh, one of our members here this past Sunday, and he told me that there was um, a simple thing as a, a film that he used to label as one of his favorite movies and uh, uh, watched it, I don't know, say, 10 years ago. He watched, watched the movie, came out, watched the movie. He, he thought it was great. Uh, he decided to rent the movie or whatnot, watch it again here recently. He couldn't get through the first 15 minutes because his mm. it violated his conscience. Mm. And I was like, man, praise God for that mm-hmm. because that that's something that while he would have acknowledged that he w- was a believer, then the Lord, by his Holy Spirit, has softened, softened yeah. his heart. And now he, he sees that what he once thought was funny actually is... Uh, should grieve him mm. because it's sinful. And so did that mean he wasn't a believer back in the day? No, but that means that he's grown in his faith in the Lord, and now he sees, man, this is dishonoring to God, and I mm. need to flee from that. Mm-hmm. And so mm. so hopefully tomorrow our consciences are more tenderized than they are right now. Yeah. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with another question.
And we're back. Ooh, boy. <laughs> what did you do on your break, Sean? <laughs> what did, what did my you? Leg. Yeah. You stretched yeah. your legs. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the the next we could all go around and talk about what we did on on our break. It's a professional operation here. It's a super pro. Do we do? Mm-hmm. So the next question at home, boys and girls. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so the next question. About to mute your mic. The next question is, in this Sunday sermon, you stated that you can't grant someone forgiveness that hasn't repented and asked for your forgiveness. And they say, I'm having a tough time wrapping my head around this because I've, I have done wrong and have done people wrong. So I've had people done wrong to me in words like... What, what is what, what, <laughs> your English today? He's been wrong. I'm and so he's, tired. He's, uh, uh, I have been wronged people. and sinned against other people. And I go. thought we, we were pushed to forgive those who have done us wrong and move on. But that is not why, what you're indicating. Can you elaborate? Do you want to elaborate? Sure. Uh, I mean, so I, one of the things that I was talking about this past Sunday was two levels of forgiveness. Right. And, um, and so level one is, uh, I, I call it internal forgiveness. You could also call it vertical, right? And so it's, uh, it's all about your heart posture before God. And so, and I said that it was a prerequisite to level two forgiveness, which is granted forgiveness, okay? So level one forgiveness, uh, for you to call yourself a Christian and to not have your heart in a posture uh of humility so that you can distribute forgiveness or be willing to receive someone is a contradiction to the scripture, right? right. And so when we fail to do that, that's when bitterness comes. Uh, that's when we become angry, calloused, uh, kind of numb, grumpy people, just angry right. people. Um, and so that's level one internal forgiveness. It's vertical. It has to deal with uh, your heart posture before the Lord. So based off of your... Um, forgiveness that God's provided for you through Jesus, uh, your hearts should be humble and and know we should call ourselves the chief of sinners, as Paul called him. So that's how we should be. uh, That that, that would humble us if we thought about that a bit more. Um, And then it leads you to level two. Now, level two is granted forgiveness. And what uh, what I said there is granted forgiveness has to happen horizontally, right? right? So that's our one another relationships. But it can only happen if there's two people that are willing to engage with one another. Yeah. And so, uh, so if if uh, if I were to offend Bethany, uh, sin against Bethany, and uh, and she she does her due diligence based off of her understanding of the gospel for that level one internal vertical thing, but I've gone off and moved away, and then somewhere along the line I got killed and I'm dead. There's no way for her and I to interact to have that level two granted forgiveness. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that her her heart is bitter toward me. And her heart's not bitter toward me because the level one vertical piece has already mm-hmm. happened. But level two is relational. So there has to be a willingness on both sides in order for that right. type of resolution to take place. And that requires the offender to confess and repent and the person who's been offended be willing to receive them as a brother or sister in Christ. Uh, And the the person that has to be willing to receive them will have already had that level one 
right. forgiveness. I think the hang-up was, um, and I, I, this actually happened in our small group. They said the same thing, and it was, I think when you say granted, I, I think we, we don't get the two levels. We think granted forgiveness is every forgiveness. You, you know, and I, so I think that's why a lot of people got a little bit of a hang-up on that, because they were thinking, well, I'm supposed to forgive everyone 70 times 7. You know, I'm supposed to keep forgiving. And you, what you did was you clarified, yeah, that's it's scripture and it's right and that's good, but there's those two levels. Yeah. Well, the heart posture is prepared to actually sit in front of another person and grant forgiveness. Right. Well, here's where the difficulty comes. And actually, I'm going to be posting to my personal blog about this. I had written some stuff in response to that is... Um, my father and I had a broken relationship. Um, as I grew up, he kind of went off in a different direction and had hurt me in many, many different ways. And um, I moved away from home, about a thousand miles away from home. And God was just convicting me, you know, of my relationship with my dad and having this posture of forgiveness. And I came to the place where I did forgive him in my heart. But when I moved back home, um, it was just this knowing, well, did I really forgive him? It mm. just gave the accuser an open door to just prey on that insecurity. Right. Did you really forgive it, or are you just giving lip service so you yeah. feel better kind yeah. of a thing? And so when you explained the internal and the granted on Sunday, what I realized is my dad actually reached out to me, and he apologized for everything. He wanted to actually go through like a punch list of every single thing that he mm. recalled that he did. And I was able to say to him, if that's what you need, I'll do that. Right. But that's not necessary because it's all forgiven. I really had forgiven him, but I didn't feel that piece of forgiveness until I was able to actually grant it to the right. other person and restore that relationship. And so I think... Um, so many of us struggle with, did I really forgive? And we torture ourselves over this when really we have taken care of things yeah. vertically, yeah. but horizontally it takes two yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, absolutely. I think you could even say that the vertical forgiveness is it's, it's still complete. So it's mm -hmm. not incomplete right. without that. And I think the granted, I think it's complementary. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a good way to put it. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's complete even when you're forgiving internally. Mm -hmm. And it's complementary when you do it in the granted way because it, you, it's like you said, it, you still, it feels, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I guess the I granted is the icing on the cake. Yeah. yeah. Really. Yeah. And we want yeah. that. And mm -hmm. um, What's it doesn't the, always happen. What is the uh, um, URL for your uh, blog? It's um, Bethany. It's WordPress. Can I post it on Facebook? Because I can't that. remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, because I'm not a millennial. I just go to bookmarks. I just go to bookmarks my blog. Nice. I like that. You don't even have to. You don't even type yours in. No, I, I like that. All right, we'll post that on the Facebook. I will post that it. It's hilarious. Facebook. All right, uh, we'll. Let's do the last question. Um, you were about to take a break again. I almost did. Yep. I, I know that people like to just have the little breaks, you know. Like a bathroom break? Someone might need to go to the bathroom. That's true. So the last question, uh, and I'm really excited You're about this so question. so uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I saw, so here's what I've noted. I, so for once, I get to sit and observe that Bethany answers the question. Joey especially, but even you, Joel, you answer your questions with your hands as well. And I'm just wondering if you think the podcast people can see the illustrations. Yeah, actually, yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, it's just like you, you can hear when people are smiling He's like Bob when they Ross, talk. man. He's painting happy trees over Joey, there. Joey, your <laughs> hands, man. You were illustrating this horizontal and fixing it up. It's fantastic. <laughs> 
So moving on, it's our happy little tree. I'm not in charge of anything. So this question is, I know that the Bible says forgive 70 times 7, but what about in abusive relationships or when I'm constantly being hurt by other people? Go ahead, Sean. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, this is something we we deal with frequently enough, unfortunately. Um, So if I'm assuming we're talking physical abuse is the... First thing I would mm-hmm. deal with. We can start and, with that. And, and um, we would always push for safety because mm-hmm. we can't work on anything if something's unsafe. You know, we can't work towards repentance and forgiveness. So safety becomes our first concern in, in physical abuse. And so we just kind of children help, you know, get a measure of separation so that then we can work towards forgiveness and healing. Um, so if, if that's your situation or someone in your small group, that's their situation, you know, um, I would encourage you to work towards a safe place. Now, mm-hmm. now there's the relational dynamics of that. And, um, and so once everyone is physically safe, then I think we can work through some of the stuff Pastor Joey taught us, you know, uh, the mm-hmm. gospel for supplying it to, assuming it's a marriage relationship, um, you know, the, how, how does the gospel affect the abuser and the recipient of the abuse, you know, and you know, and, and processing that. I'm, that will be a long process, I yep. can assure you. But I do think it's something the gospel can heal and restore. Mm. Um, and I think we should be hopeful for that. And I think both parties should be hopeful for that. And and because um, if the gospel can't touch that, then there is sin that go- the gospel can't heal. Mm. That concerns me. I think a lot of times. We hear abuse, and we go, well, this is over, and it doesn't have to be. Right. Um, the gospel can touch and, and heal and restore. Um, that also doesn't mean it's going to happen in a week. I think right. sometimes we think that, too. Like, yeah. it's going to happen in a week, and, it, and you know, sometimes these, these things take time. And mm. That's the first part. I mean, there's many kinds of abuses, though. I don't, yeah. I don't know how... So, uh, the other part of the question was, and thank you for answering that. That was a great answer. Um was about Is like this about where you're going to get to where he didn't fully answer it though like no. you complimented but then you're you're that's it's called sandwiching a sandwich it's nice thing bad thing nice thing here we go demonstrate that for us real quick great job answering the question thank you but talking to your mic please angle it to your face <laughs> but you did a wonderful job get a mic that works <laughs> it's not the mic shot uh, the second part of the question was about like so let's just say like verbal abuse so like yeah. uh, I mean uh, Bethy and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, if you interact with anyone in youth, mm-hmm. particularly middle school, particularly uh, middle school through high school, the bullying is like, a, it's it's preve- prevalent and it's crazy. It's rampant. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just insane that the the kind of things that kids will say to each other, not even just through social media and stuff, but in just face to face. And so the, the I think the question it doesn't have to be just about that, but what do you do with like constant verbal abuse rather than physical? I think that it goes back to, yes, you do have to forgive 70 times, seven times. And um, for me, uh, I was in a sense that we're talking about verbally abused. That was the issue with my dad. I mean, he was very verbally abusive. And because of that, I had a very, very, very bad self-image of myself. Mm. You know, I just did not like anything about how God had created me. Mm. And um, and yet, you know, I knew I had to honor my father. And so I honored my father, whether he was worthy of it or not. 
Um, and regardless of what he said, because that was the right thing to do, it was not easy. And, um, you know, I shared in the panel that we had this summer that it, it drove me to a point of even suicidal thoughts and tendencies. But what brought me out of that was greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When I know the truth of God's word, it is sufficient to bring healing even to that constant barrage of negative comments. Mm -hmm. And so the more I knew about God's word, the easier it was to forgive 70 times seven times because Mm -hmm. I knew that's not truth. Truth is what's over here. And it gave me a grace for the offender. It gave me the tenacity and the perseverance to push through and to forgive 70 times seven times. And God ultimately was glorified in all of that. And God ultimately brought peace. That doesn't always happen. It did in my case. But it doesn't excuse me from forgiving 70 times seven times because my feelings got hurt. You know, it's that's part of just humanity. Amen. That was wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Piggyback off that a little bit. I mean, this is kind of the overused passage of scripture that uh, we gloss over because we overuse it. That we, because we overuse it, we don't give any consideration to it. But and we know that for those who love God, right, Romans eight twenty eight, all mm-hmm. things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that. He might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he called, uh, predestined, he also called, those who he called, he also justified, those who he justified, he also glorified. Um, And so uh, your perspective on it Mm -hmm. uh, became, um, so this is your your dad's sin, and it's sin that he has to give an account to God for, um, but you begin to use it as a spiritual exercise knowing mm-hmm. that the Lord could use that in your life to conform you more into the image of the Son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so, what the enemy wanted to use to tear you down, um, you allowed uh, uh, you, you, the Scriptures to inform your thinking, right. and uh, good came, good came mm-hmm. from it, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Spiritual good came from it, even yeah. though the hurt was real, all of that, you know, that didn't necessarily lessen the hurt um mm-hmm. and so uh, it's uh, uh the scripture can can shift our perspective yeah uh, amen from uh yes you're a victim being sinned against but that's not that's not the whole picture right mm. um, god god can use your suffering mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, yeah i've i've never want to downplay someone's abuse really been thinking a lot about this in my mind because it's the com- it's very common when I do marriage counseling inevitably it's and I've been abused and so as I've given that thought abuse is to sin against the image of God in another person mm. okay to take discard their that God has made them in his image he's created them special unique prince Prince for guys, princesses for women. I mean, all kinds of thing, rabbit trails we can face. Chase on the positive side of that. The negative side is if I, if I sin against someone, it, it really is a form of abusing the mm. image of God. Yeah. And so I say this very cautiously. So uh, in that sense, I've abused people. Right. You know, I've I've not raised my children perfectly. I you know I have not 
treated my wife the way Jesus loves his church perfectly. And so so to then that means there's a degrees of this. Right. Right? And and I have as a counselor and as someone as a sinner, I have to process that. And so my wife and I are in the middle of a fantastic book right now that Pastor Joey recommended. Um, it's called When Sinners Say I Do. And I would encourage all of you to read that with your spouse. And one of, he, we, he just finished a chapter on the word forbearance. And it's, it's, it's the idea of forgiving someone's sin against you over and over and over. You hmm. forbear for the purpose of unity. And, and so I think about my own wife and my own quirks and my own sinful patterns that are very difficult to break, and she forbears that mm. day in and day out for both for her to be shaped in the image of God, but also to honor her commitments to the Lord and honor all that marriage is. And if, if she didn't do that, could it get to the point where she would come in and meet with someone and go, man, Sean is abusive. Right. Yeah, you know, and it's like... If I tap someone on the arm over and over and over, day in, day out, you know, the first few taps maybe aren't so painful, but years down the road, that could bruise and do yeah. damage. But she forbears for the good and the glory of our home. And so I say all that really, really costly. I don't think Jen's running around saying I'm abused. But I, I am saying we sin against someone. So even I check my own heart and say, man, my own sinful patterns are not doing what the Scriptures commands right. me as a husband to right. do. And then Jen forbears, and I forbear for her too, of course. Right. And so, um, and hmm. in that, there's a lot of love and safety in our marriage um, to discuss my own shortcomings because I acknowledge I have them, and I let her prod at them, and I can repent, and we grow together in oneness. Right. And, uh, I uh, so I that was a dangerous confession. I know. It was good. It was I think helpful. I think they'll respect good. that. It was, yeah. Yeah, I hope it's received in the right way. I think it will be. I um, I recently spoke at Summit Christian Academy's retreat uh, early or late September, and bullying was one of the things they wanted me to like to address in some way. But my topic was worship, but it actually kind of fit really well. And what I, you know, everything in life is an act of worship, whether it is forgiveness, granting forgiveness, asking for forgiveness. Uh, and I, you know, just wanted to be as thick and like heavy-handed as possible about this whole bullying thing. And I just basically said, went to the image of God, and I said Hitler viewed people with a negative view of the image of God, and he was worshiping a certain way. And I said, when we bully people or abuse them, you can say in this, you can substitute abuse. We are basically worshiping the same way as someone like Hitler. We're not. Doing it in the same manner as he did it, but I mean, everyone would all everyone would all say generally, "Oh yeah, Hitler was terrible." <laughs> but you know, if you're saying like, "Oh yeah, I just say a couple mean things to my wife ever so often," but like, no, we're worshiping in the same same way. Um, we're worshiping in the same way that someone else like Hitler did, mm-hmm. not in the same manner, but mm-hmm. we have the same attitude of worship. Right. I think I would say, yeah. Well, so I think, and it cautions me, and it cautions all of us when the scriptures say, "Don't." Don't let any idle words proceed out of your mm. mouth because mm-hmm. that's being received by someone else. You right. know? And so um, I'm one of my core challenges in my own life is I'm a coarse gesture. gesture. It's mm. Ephesians 4, I believe. You know, it mm-hmm. talks about no, like, no coarse joking. Yeah. I, I think sarcasm is funny, and usually sarcasm <laughs> is the expense of the image of God in someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I think actually our culture lends itself to that seems to be the common comedy in the culture yeah. which then lends itself to bullying because it's funny yep yep i think um so you know to kind of go with your vulnerability what you're saying about desensitizing yourself like so i've i mean i've i watch youtube videos and 
Netflix shows at times that have cussing. Sometimes it's rampant, and at times I'm like, oh, it just kind of goes off, goes in one ear, out the other. In quotes, I'm not saying that it actually happens. Um, and what I was thinking about with, with all you were saying, especially Bethany, was like. Uh, you have to be in the word for it to transform your mind, right? And then, so it's convicting for me who I can sometimes pride myself in my discipline of I get up and I do my Devo time and it's this long and whatever. But then if I'm doing that and all that and yet I'm still desensitized to the things of this world, am I really spending quality time with the Lord and being transformed by the renewal of my mind or I'm just doing lip service? So that was really convicting. So I was really thankful for that because I think there's a lot of us who might think, who may think, well, how do I stop being like this? And oftentimes it's just be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And if you need help doing that, everyone here would be willing to help in some way to say, like, here's how we study the Bible. Here's how we use God's word to transform us. But that is, the assumption is we're doing that every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I know we say it every podcast, like be in your Bible, but be in your Bible. And I think there's, you know, there's something... There's a community piece to this, too. So for you small group leaders, you know, we have our We Are Coastal class coming up. And one of the things we talk about in that We Are Coastal class is church discipline, okay? So that's a piece to our sanctification and a piece to our protection from abuse, right? Mm. That there is a safety net of a community of believers that can speak wisdom in a relationship that may be abusive, right? And then we can process that together in community with the wisdom of others. It's not just your assessment or be a pastor or an elder, and we begin to assess together in community. Um, mm. And, and I, I don't think people think that through enough. Right. Like the power of community, and Coastal does believe in church discipline and believes in it because we should be encouraging one of those brothers right. in Christ to, to, to grow, to be more like Jesus. And there's other people that can speak into our lives and our marriages Um so, you know, that's one of the reasons we I preach a lot about membership is I really believe in that piece. Yeah. And that yeah. so if your marriage gets to a place where it's really painful that you have a safe place that a husband and wife can work through these right. things together and be held accountable that a husband should love his wife as Christ loved the church. Now, does that happen overnight? No, it doesn't happen overnight, but there should be growth in that. Right. Yeah. There are people that will help hold you mm-hmm. Accountable, and a wife should respect her husband, and yep. we will hold wives accountable to that yep. and growing in that. Yeah. Ephesians five and what a marriage should look like. So, yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, this is for all of us. If we do not have someone of the same gender in our life who we look up to and who can speak into our lives, who are more mature, and we need to tell them the things that are going on. We can't just go to our pastors when we have crisis situations. You're, you're, if you're by yourself in your spiritual growth, you're in grave mm-hmm. danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, Hebrews it's, 3. Yeah, it's grave danger because either you could be uh, evaluating the situation inappropriately. Yeah. Maybe you need someone to speak truth into you about how you're evaluating, or you could be in an abusive setting that you're all by yourself and you don't need to be. Yeah. We shouldn't be. Well, and to go back to the just the topic of even verbal is that when you're in a small group of people who are speaking words of truth and encouragement to you, that makes up for some of the abuse that's happening somewhere else. And it yeah. just gives you the ability to persevere mm. because while one person might be draining your emotional account, these other people who you have community with regularly are filling up your emotional right. account yeah. so that you are able to fight the spiritual battle. Yeah. So that's why membership small groups is also important because God uses that to help 
to keep us in this right. fight that we're fighting every right. day. Absolutely. And they're not just bolstering and mm-hmm. filling you up. They're, I mean, they're filling you up. They're, not, they're also bolstering the claims of Scripture about who right. you are. Like, mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about community. It's yeah. not just self-esteem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Does anyone have anything else to add before we move on to the book portion? Sean missed one podcast. He came back ready to talk. Man, <laughs> this is probably one of the longest ones Passionate. in a bit. I loved Passionate. it. I loved it. You sure you got anything else you want to When's our break time? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> when do we take a break? And break. <laughs> and we're back. I felt like I was at Macy's. We're back. We're back so Sean can't play something. We're back. Book resource, Joey Go. He wants to look at it. <laughs> well, first off, Bethany's blog is bethanylblog.wordpress.com. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. You're very welcome. <laughs> Bethany L. Blog. Bethany L. Blog.wordpress.com. Dot WordPress. Off, off of her uh, Twitter handle. Oh, thank you. We'll post that on the Facebook page. Lay CM. So the book. Did you say this is the book recommendation section? Yes, yes. Okay. The, um, so the, I, I put it in the footnotes this past Sunday, but uh, just a mentor of mine, friend of mine, um, his name is Robert D. Jones, not to be confused with Bob Jones, <laughs> different person. Um, he introduces himself. He says, my name's Robert D. Jones, but you can call me Bob. And he said, I feel like I have to do that because I don't want people to think I'm Bob Jones. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty funny. You know. The Bible student, I thought that was funny. The um, <laughs> can you do applause tracks or laughter tracks? I will not do that. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a bill. Is, <laughs> is that the way you laugh? <laughs> You're laughing. Is that is that is that some of? Can we know. finish this okay. podcast? The, oh uh, my yeah. So no. So the book that I want to <laughs> recommend is called "Pursuing Peace: A Christian's Guide to Handling Our Conflict," and uh, and he he talks a lot about uh, forgiveness in that. Um, that book and it to me is one of the most helpful books uh, out there. And so, one of his um, mentors is Ken Sandy, and Ken Sandy wrote a book called The Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and The Peacemaker is an excellent book. I think this book is better. Um, and so, and it, he pulls a lot from The Peacemaker. But I just think the way that things are worded, the practical application, right. the readability of the book is just infinitely better than The Peacemaker. Great. Um, and so. Yep, what's, what's that's the what title I recommend. Again? It's Pursuing Peace, uh, A Christian's Guide to Handling Our Conflict by right. Robert D. Jones. Sweet. Thank you, guys. If you guys have questions, submit them to sermonquestions at gocoastal.org. <laughs> Just one O, though. <laughs> Go Coastal. Yeah. Thank you guys for sticking around. Have a great one. Bye. Out.